Welcome to the IAB UK podcast. Hello and welcome to the IAB UK Connected podcast. From the IAB, I'm James Chandler. And while the COVID-19 outbreak continues to keep us firmly indoors, I'll be bringing you the latest news and views from across the industry. Today, I'm joined by Emily Roberts, who's Programmatic Trading Director for EMEA at BBC News to talk about content verification and coronavirus. With latest figures suggesting that the newspaper industry stands to lose £50 million due to keyword blocking during the outbreak, I wanted to know how the commercial arm of the BBC is handling the issue. But we kicked things off by talking about how much we missed our commutes. Yeah, absolutely. I think it gives you kind of a bit of headspace, doesn't it? When you're going to work to kind of prepare and then when you're coming back as well. Yeah, you Um, can get rid of it. You can de-work as you come home. Um, yeah, absolutely. There's a bunch of stuff that we want to we want to talk about, Emily. We, we want to yeah. talk about um, specifically around you know coronavirus as a thing and being in news and you know there's opportunities there, but there's some challenges as well. Um, I'd love to talk about the whole brand safety, brand suitability thing, and then maybe get into some specifics around how you guys work and and your role and you know the BBC and all of this is a sort of very unique trusted voice. Uh, and, and how all that's working out as well. But maybe we start with, given that today on Wednesday, you know, Newsworks have put out um, a press release saying that coronavirus keyword blocking, um, uh, they think is set to cost UK news brands around £50 million, which is huge. But I guess beyond the news brands they represent, of course, anyone who's in news, um, uh, there's some challenges around that isn't there i mean your traffic must be sky high at the moment but maybe the revenue bit isn't following at the same rate absolutely well so our readership's up by over 50 percent and we've had record-breaking weeks in Mm. the last i mean we're talking bigger than the world cup the elections and even like the olympics it's just extraordinary um, and I think it also highlights the the importance of trusted and, and kind of impartial journalism as mm-hmm. well. Um, and it's, it's, it's honestly amazing to be part of that as well. Like it's, it's um, yeah, I'm super proud to work for, for the BBC, especially at this time. Yeah, but it, I guess in some way, the sort of the, the ad pounds or the ad dollars, as our US colleagues like to talk about, maybe... Um, isn't following the same trend in terms of you've got loads more eyeballs on this stuff, but is it because of the nature of the story and the fact that it is obviously very, very serious and a lot of the news isn't overwhelmingly positive that's coming out? There's a slight challenge um, head on with the ad revenue growing as much as your your readership. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's not in line with how, uh, how we wish to be pacing at the moment. Mm. And I think that's because obviously um, brands kind of need time to kind of understand what's going on in the market and, and push out the right message. Yeah. I think also there's a lot of uncertainty around news and it makes sense that when it, it started to come out um, that people wanted to kind of pause their campaigns and stop everything on news. Mm. Um, but at the same time, like, we are doing in terms of speaking to a lot of the SSPs we work with, um news is one of like the top publishers at the moment in terms yeah. of kind of users if not the top and um it really shows as you said like where the eyeballs are right now and where the attention is and so when people are blocking news um 
it's kind of frustrating the fact that they're blocking the whole of our site. And that's important, the fact that people aren't just blocking the word coronavirus. Right, right. They're blocking the whole of news um, because they're so fearful. And so I think it's just like, it's a great time to kind of reassess, mm. uh, but also speak to kind of your news publishers and understand kind of what they're doing um, around coronavirus. Um, so yeah. Because, you know, we've talked about, I just mentioned that, on the whole it's not entirely positive news of course but within there there are some amazing good news stories about nhs brands that are kind of you know really seizing the opportunity doing the right things i mean there's a whole bunch of good news that potentially if you're blocking all of news um you're not going to be around which ordinarily you'd want to be around good news right that would be a positive thing yeah 100 percent. i mean we had an all-staff meeting the other day and the, um, there's just some incredible news stories coming out of this. And I think if one thing the whole world has kind of felt is this sense of community. Yeah. Like I think a lot of people are on community chats and and there are so many like amazing things happening. And I think that's so important as well. And we're pushing that as much as possible. Mm. And not only globally, but we're also doing that um, locally as well. So we we have the biggest number of local language sites um, compared to any publisher so we have kind of a whole range of 40 different languages across the world and really focusing on kind of the impact locally and and the positive news in those areas as well and I think that's really important to kind of focus on as well the positivity yeah. news in a way has had an incredible few years I mean you think back to you know uh, Trump becoming president and we had Brexit we had the elections and now we've obviously got coronavirus so with all of that audiences are clearly responding and news um as you say readership and eyeballs is up not just online but on telly within circulation of newspapers everything like that but with the opportunities there's there's a challenge isn't there around um whether it's sort of hard news or, or serious news there's that slight blockage i think maybe in people's minds that i don't want to be around hard serious news because i don't want my my brand next to yeah. that and that probably not it's a broad stroke isn't it rather than something that's slightly more nuanced a hundred percent and i think there's an important um factor in the fact that there's a lot of fake news and we've seen that um kind of in our daily lives i think at the moment where when kind of coronavirus started to come out um there was a lot of rumors coming around about like how it was created or what you needed to do i know i got a what a whatsapp message from my mum mentioning that um alcohol could help stop coronavirus and it's oh, and it's things like that yeah i know <laughs> i'm on it i'm on it um, <laughs> but it's it's things like that where mm. you have to be so careful and i completely understand that brands don't want to be around news especially if it's well if it's fake news they don't want to be around it but yeah. um i think that's kind of the importance to the bbc the fact that the, the purpose of us is to just create impartial news mm. um, in kind of every country in the world and, and push that out so everybody kind of knows exactly what's going on. And, and that's why we're the most trusted in the world. We got into, it was the last podcast we recorded actually in the, in the office before we all sort of broke away and started working from home. And it was, it was on the whole debate around brand safety versus brand suitability and how the two are, kind of entirely different um jerry dakin from gsk was saying 
when he works for an alcohol brand, you know, um, frozen daiquiris and frozen cocktails are brilliant for some alcohol spirit brands and they definitely want to be around that. But what they definitely don't want to be around is things around Frozen, the movie and Disney and kids and that sort of stuff. So it's really understanding those little nuances, which if you just block the term Frozen, you're missing out on a load of good stuff. Um, I know, guessing. <laughs> uh, yeah, totally. But And then the brand safety bit is that that's just, that's table stakes. That's just stuff you don't want to be around that is wrong or it's illegal or it's nasty stuff. But then the suitability bit is just so more nuanced, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is probably one of the the biggest issues I face kind of daily in my role. When we had um, an article produced about um, a chicken factory and all the chicken in the factory was basically out of date, but they were putting new sell-by dates on it right. and sending it out to the supermarkets. And of course, all the supermarkets got names that mm. were part of um, <laughs> the chicken scandal. Um and obviously, um, none of the supermarkets wanted to be against that article. And that was yeah. completely understandable. They pulled all their spend. Um, but then an organic pig farmer phoned up and said, <laughs> I want to be next to like that article and every single kind of article yes. around that as well. Because yeah. it's perfect uh, mm. for me. And that, I think shows perfectly the kind of suitability versus yeah. brand safety yeah. and we we say to people look let us know what you're not happy with running against and um, we can we can make sure that you're not running against that and guarantee that and if you're not happy um then we can give you your money back as well and i think that's an important commitment that publishers um are making as well yeah. um to kind of make sure that people are happy with running on news as well you um there's other bits where you're um uniquely placed as well i mean you talked a little bit about some of the you know the editorial stuff that you have in place which has been there for you know a long time hundreds of years probably mm. um you have um we we're talking earlier about um uh, advertiser whitelists that you guys have as well so you 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 have specific advertisers that you'll take on but clearly you're not going to work with everyone and you make decisions on uh, on who's on the list and who might not be as well and that's a, yeah. an interesting one in these times as well where there has been some opportunistic stuff perhaps around face masks masks or other things like that absolutely i think i think people a lot of the time don't realize that actually publishers also have a part to play kind of in brand safety as well and it's not just the content it's the advertising as well so if you're running on an article that's completely brand safe, you again don't want to have advertising popping up next to your mm. advert that isn't brand safe. Um, and so we take that really seriously. And because we have to be impartial in everything we do, that also means our advertising. Um, so it does mean that we can't take political parties advertising, of course. Um, there are some more controversial ones, like we can't take baby milk, for instance, which right, is always yeah. a bit of a strange one. Mm. But like... I think it's important to obviously remain impartial throughout whatever whatever we're doing. And that is why um, we have that whitelist um, of advertisers um, to ensure that we basically get that safety on our site. And yeah, as you've said, like as soon as um, the pandemic started to start to come around, um, we did block face masks and we blocked mm. um, everything that we could think of that would maybe skew people or maybe think um, that certain elements were part of the coronavirus pandemic. Mm. Um, and I think that's really, really important. And I think as a news publisher, um, that's absolutely our responsibility 
to play in that as well so yeah and I think it's good for advertisers to know that as well that they won't be advertising next to a dodgy advert and I'm surprised that people don't talk about that more as well yeah it's a really good point we we often laser focus on the on the stuff that it's around in a way the sort of the content that's written and maybe we um we sort of forget about maybe the advertisers it's a really good point we're ending with everyone that we're talking to over the next few weeks with a couple of questions the first is can you describe for us the view from where you're sat at the moment oh well i'm very lucky that i sit opposite a park or live opposite a park not sit opposite a park <laughs> um yeah um, so we've got a few joggers running around the park. Um, All social social distancing appropriately. Yeah. Oh, of course, of course. Um, and it's just a beautiful day as well. The second question: most unexpected company to have sent you a coronavirus-related email so far? Probably a mailing list that you never even realised you were on. I mean, I've had hundreds, but what's the sort of, what's <laughs> the know. most unexpected one you've had email you? It's been insane. I've never been so popular to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know what? This sounds really strange, but I signed up to a um, borrow my dog um, oh. app ages ago. <laughs> and um, basically, where I live is very kind of like yummy mummy village kind right. of vibes. And so I was like, what could be better than like borrowing a dog <laughs> sometimes? And they actually emailed me um, about their kind of coronavirus um, kind of agenda. What are they doing? Um, I mean, how do, I you, mean how do you borrow a dog? And I, I know, like, do you have to leave outside and then <laughs> up? I it's mean, like a Deliveroo. I mean, it's kind of weird. It doesn't really work. But so, so they're still going at the moment. They're making it work. Yeah, they are. They are. I believe so. But wow. um, I, I just thought that was quite funny. That's fact. incredible. I don't think we're yeah. going to get a better answer than borrow my dog. Yeah, That's really there. Good we one. go. Well, um, Emily, that's all we've got time for. But thank you so much for taking Hi, twenty minutes to, to talk to us and. As you say, there's sort of never been a more important time for news and particularly trusted sources like the BBC. And I'm sure uh, over the next weeks and months, those uh, eyeballs and readership is going to continue to rise. So thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you so much. Thank you. The IAB UK podcast. That's Emily Roberts there from the BBC. And do you know what? I went into that chat thinking that BBC News's situation was really similar to that of... Newsworks and what they're talking about, you know, news brands set to lose, you know, fifty million pounds purely due to coronavirus keyword blocking. But it's obvious it's much, much deeper than that. It's this idea that news wholesale is being blocked, which is a massive problem because that's arguably where everyone is. If you want to reach people at the moment, they're kind of looking at looking at news, and moreover, they're looking at things like the BBC that they can uh, that they can trust, but. You just got a sense from that 20 minutes or so chat with Emily what an incredible institution the BBC is. You know, the idea that they're triple fact-checking things. They have to have this impartiality but still have authority on what they're talking about. And I found that the sentiment, you know, pre all the coronavirus stuff, the sentiment around the BBC was always a bit strange for me. The idea of we're questioning why it exists and how it's funded I think the mood is shifting. And I think when we come out of the other end of this thing, uh, I think we will have fully understood, if we don't already, the amazing value of of, of the BBC and exactly why we pay for it and, and what we get from it. And uh, on that borrow my dog thing, I literally belly laughs. I mean, that's the best answer. <laughs> I think we're going to get on that. Um, and what an amazing time for them. You've got an hour of exercise to do a day. 
what better than to go and pick up a dog and walk them around Richmond Park or wherever you might be. And I reckon some of these apps have probably got a virtual queue longer than the one that I was in for uh, a car day the other night. But um, that's all for this episode. I'll be back with another podcast instalment next week. In the meantime, spend some time at iabuk.com forward slash connected. It's our online home packed full of free webinars you can join, virtual training sessions and all the best stories from our members on how they're working away from the office. And if you want to contribute, of course you can. Just email info at iabuk.com. And as ever, don't forget to share, rate and please please spread the word if you like the podcast. Uh, If you want more information on what the IAB does and how you can get in touch, uh, find us online at iabuk.com or at iabuk on Twitter and Instagram. Stay safe and of course, please stay home. We'll be back next week with more. IAB UK, building sustainable future for digital advertising.